Lou Merloni joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. And Lou is brought to you this week by Zenny, the official eyewear of the Boston Red Sox. Major League style at minor league prices. Visit Zenny.com. Hey, Lou. Morning, boys. How are you? I don't know if you got a pair of those Zennies, but uh, I do. And I absolutely love them. Uh, Just so I tell you. Well, I mean, you know where my mailbox is here. I, how about slipping me one if you... Uh, oh, please. You you get free stuff all the time. Who are you kidding? You're the king of free. <laughs> I will share whatever I get with you if you share the Zenny with me. How's that? Is that a, is that a fair deal? <laughs> all right, that's a fair deal. Sounds good. I like it. Uh, I think hey, I win. Uh, we were talking yesterday... Uh, about the Madison Bumgartner issue here, uh, with regard to the yeah. uh, potential no hitter, um, what? Uh, where do you stand on this? Because uh, you know the Major League Baseball has determined that in some cases seven innings is a game. So, um, where do you stand on that? Well, even before the season started, they came out and said there's going to be some seven inning games, and um, they actually already came out and said we won't, wouldn't recognize a no hitter. Right. If it's seven, which I understand to some people is kind of odd. I mean, you make the rules. I get it. I Listen, I think Madison Bumgarner threw an outstanding game. People can say he threw a no-hitter. They can say a seven-inning no-hitter. That's fine. Me, personally, it's not a no-hitter. It's not nine innings. The toughest innings are eight and nine. It's to see if the guy can actually do it without throwing 170 pitches and actually finish a game. So I think it's a great achievement, but I just um, – and I applaud him. I just don't recognize it as a, a no-hitter. That's all. Uh, Lou, I, I completely agree because what if somebody threw a com- you know was throwing a no hitter and it got rained out at a certain point? Isn't there games that even during a rain out they count? So somebody yeah. could easily go, well, I threw a no hitter in a six inning game that got rained out. Yeah, I mean it could actually be four and a half if the home team's winning. Right, they didn't have to hit in the fifth. You know, and you can get like a CG no hitter, like for, for go out there and throwing five scoreless no hit ball. Now the argument, I guess, is people say, well, that's the game ended because of rain, you know, and this one ended because that's what Major League Baseball said. It's supposed to only go seven innings. But, again, I think it's a great achievement. Um, and if I was him, I'd celebrate. If I was his teammates, his manager, I would be on his side. But, which, you know, somebody wants to call a no-hitter, that's fine. I, I just won't. Lou, you continue to be right about this Red Sox team, which uh, when we started talking to you here this season, you were talking about them surprising us. And, um, you know, you look at Erod the other night, you look at, uh, in general, I think, uh, pitching staff has, uh, I I guess you could say, outperformed what some uh, thought they would do. Do you you expect that that continues? Uh, Yeah, I do. First off, Erod's a stud. And I know so many people were concerned that he hadn't pitched and he's coming back from COVID and it's like, dude, whatever. The way I looked at it, he's a 28-year-old with a 27-year-old arm. Like, he saved a year on that arm. And and it was just a matter of time, him getting on the mound and getting a little bit of feel back. So, and I think he has. His last two outings, I think he's looked outstanding. I mean, he is, he's legitimate. He might not be a top five, ten pitcher in the game, but on your staff, he's an ace. And he's a very good number two on a championship team. So, now, there's some questions, obviously, after that, right? Evaldi, can he keep it up? Uh, Richards, I think, right now is a complete mess. I kind of like Pavetta. He's got a little moxie out there. He's kind of got a little Porcello when he takes the mound, and he makes big pitches, but he's got to throw more strikes. Perez is what he is. But like I said before, like I, I think they have it covered. You know, I think they have a guy like Tanner Houck to come up if Richards struggles for the next two or three outings. I think they got a kid in Connor Siebold that can come up 
I think Whitlock might be able to pitch in this rotation, you know, by July, August, if, if they need be. I think Sale will be back in this rotation. We'll see what he looks like, but he will. So, yeah, I think they have a chance of kind of their starting pitching to be good enough, keep them in games, give me that five innings, two runs, six innings, three runs, and let the offense uh, do their thing. You need to have a sit-down with Richards and explain the Boston fans to him. I, I'm not sure that yeah. he uh, – when it comes to excuses, I'm not, sure, <laughs> I'm not sure that he understands the mentality around here. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. And, you know, uh, to be honest with you, like his performance is one thing, right? Like he said, two okay starts and two really bad starts. And I can just sort of sit there and live with it and say, okay, let's see what he looks like in the next two or three. What bothers me more is what he says after a game. Like, that can bury you in this town. And it kind of already has as far as first impressions go, right? Like, people are like, dude, are you serious? Like, even after his first start and his last start, you're like, enough. And this is the beauty of it. The beauty is that I get to watch his game tonight up close and personal because I'll be on the call. So I really, I really feel like I'm lucky to be able to watch Gary Richards throw again. Jesus. Lou, when, when you look at J.D. Martinez and how he's hitting this year versus last year, and we know kind of how maniacal he is when he comes to hitting and the electronics element of it, do you think that like a lot of his issues last year were because of COVID and a lot of the restrictions versus this year where he's able to kind of, you know, look at, look at himself on the iPad and, you know, see his hitting mechanics and all those things? You know, I, I think the lack of video hurt him, but the reason why it hurt him is because he wasn't ready to play last year when they restarted it up. Mm-hmm. You know, when the season ended, and he even admitted this in camp on on a couple of occasions, that, you know, when the season ended, he didn't know if there was going to be a season, and he didn't feel like he prepared like there would be, which, you know, you could sit there and say, wow, I mean, at least he admits it, but that's awful, right? I mean, like you're – you know, if you're going to play 60 games, you should be professional and get ready for 60 games. I, I just don't think that he, he spent like that two months down period, whatever you want to call it, maybe three months before the season got going again and really kind of got himself ready. So now he walks into the season, he's not prepared, he doesn't have a normal prep time that he normally would. It's, you know, it's like, it's like you having no camp and then all of a sudden just showing up and expecting no football and there's football. Like you lost your base, you lost your foundation. Mm-hmm. And he was lost. And when he was lost... Normally, he goes to his video to find it, and there was no video. So now he's really in trouble, which is what I think happened last year. Hey, Lou, uh, the outfield, obviously with Franchi and to a lesser extent Renfro, is in some degree of question going forward. How does Cora handle that, do you think? Well, I think, you know, when you look at those two guys, I look at Renfro and say, you know, the guy's playing a really good outfield, you know, and, and, you know, it's the swings and misses of the air, there's power. but So both these guys right now are kind of – you know, a mess, but Renfro's playing good D. So I think they're just sort of buying some time. You know, minor league season doesn't start till what, May 4th? And and Cordero, I think, eventually gets set down when Danny Santana is healthy. They signed him at the end of camp. I know they really like him. He can play the outfield, left-handed bat. He can probably lead off against righties. And they'll probably make that move then. Um, you know, but I think ideally, you know, you see Santana in left. You see eventually maybe Jaron Duran in center and Verdugo in right, but they want to see Duran play another month and a half. So sometimes you start the season and say, this is what our roster looks like, but we're sort of looking at two or three guys in the minor leagues or whatever it is to eventually fill what we consider holes in our lineup. And I think that's where they're at right now. It's early. I think in two months you might look like a different, different outfield.
And then how about did you catch the uh, Padres-Dodgers series over the weekend and Trevor Bauer's comments yeah, on, on Tatis? <laughs> I, I know you're an old-school guy, but you like the, the pimping of the home runs. Absolutely. And, and I wish more pitchers, because it's really a pitcher thing, like would adopt how, you know, listen to what Bauer is saying. You know, like I know he's a different cat, you know, but it's like this guy doesn't, you know, doesn't bother him because he's having just as much fun. You know, he's doing the Conor McGregor walk. He's throwing the shield, I mean, the, uh, you know, whatever, the, the, the sword in its case when he strikes a guy out, you know, and he's just having fun with it. And if he doesn't mind when a guy hits a home run and does some things and shows him up, then because he's showing up other guys. So I wish other teams, you know, would sort of look at it and say, the two best teams in baseball, they're having so much fun playing each other. Why can't we? So hopefully it kind of uh, resonates around the league. Lou, I know this is sort of blasphemy to say, but would you put DeGrom anywhere near the Pedro category of the late 90s, early 2000s right now? I would say he's approaching it. I mean, I know it's kind of crazy, you know, but um, he's got to still do more. But, I mean, he's kind of the closest thing we've seen to it. I I still would put what Pedro did above it because i mean his era was probably what three points four points higher than lower than the average right you know like you got to think about the time and and the numbers he was putting up are ridiculous so the grom's putting up the grom's putting up similar numbers but this year in particular like this thing could be historic like he's he's out of control you know but um he's approaching it probably the closest thing right lou why do you think that players feel that way because I was watching a little bit of that series too between the Dodgers and the Padres and they were asking players throughout the league who they felt like was the most you know entertaining player to watch and what a lot of players were saying Tatis why is it that there's so many players that kind of have that old school mentality of thinking when it should be more guys like this is how you're gonna make the game be more popular to more people yeah it's just having guys like that you know whether it's different cleats, whether it's walk-off celebrations, whether it's striking guys out and throwing the sword in, in the holster, whatever it is. Why is the mentality hasn't changed with, some, say, some of these younger players? I just think it's kind of ingrained in you, you know, at a young age. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, we're playing right now. we got an 11-year-old kid. He hit a bomb the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, and he rounded third base screaming and yelling, you know, and his dad's a coach. He's like, I'll talk to him after the game. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, <laughs> hey, you know, you just – you just so we're already telling an eleven-year-old kid that you know because honestly the pitcher on the mound's crying because he just gave up a three-run bomb, Johnson, at eleven years old, right? So, so it's like you know the, the kid's crying and you're 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 pimping a home run around the bases, yelling around in third base, and it's like, listen, don't don't rub it in, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, you're sort of ingrained at a young age to don't rub it in, don't show up the pitcher, don't show up the hitter, don't you know, don't do certain things. Um, I think when you get to that level, though, because I, I honestly, I've always felt like in the playoffs for years now, it's been like hands off, like do whatever the hell you want, right? Let the let, let the kids play, as mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. But in the regular season, it turns into don't let the kids play. So I don't I don't understand it, but I, I just think it's like an attitude, a generational thing that I think in a few years, the younger players, may, maybe we see more of it, hopefully. I, I say celebrate it. I yeah. mean, I you know, many of us peaked in Little League, and, and honestly, you should take every <laughs> – Every, every opportunity that you get to celebrate, you should celebrate in life. But Lou's right, though. Yeah. As, a, as a father, like, you know, you're telling your kid, all right, don't show up the other kid because he's yeah. crying. But, ah. you know, I try to tell my kids, Lou, hey, when you get to the end zone or you make a good play, celebrate because it's part of the game, you know. The other kid should stop you. If he's, <laughs> he shouldn't be crying, he should stop you from not hitting bombs. 
No, I, I, listen, I, I absolutely, I hear you. And the kid's hit two more bombs. He's a stud uh, since then. But, you know, if your kid scored a touchdown in the last five yards, turned around and started waving to the defender, cup, you know, chasing him down, like, would you be like, hey, you know, get in the end zone and then celebrate. Right. But you know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's something that's kind of, kind of like taught early on. Right. But. Yeah. All right, Lou. Great to talk to you. We'll be listening this afternoon and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. All right, boys. Have a good day. All right. There he is. Lou Marloni.